Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We got a big fantasy weekend ahead, and here on Fantasy Sports Today, we're ready to break it all down, including the suspensions from last night's game between the Steelers and Browns. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And happy Friday. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today as we close out the week here in November. November 15, 2019. Great to be with you. Craig Mish. Solo edition of the program. As always, on Fridays, you can give me a call if you have a question, line of question, or comment. 844-843-6879. Again, the phone number is 844-843-6879. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Producing the show, as always, is... Sean Guastamacchia, we have uh, Jamie Eisenberg coming up in the second hour of the show. This first hour is more or less you and I talking fantasy, talking reality, talking football, baseball, basketball, whatever you guys want to get into. We can do it here, of course, on this show. But before we go forward, a very rare breaking news type situation on this show. We haven't had a lot of that this year, honestly. Uh, but we do today, and, and really the top story of the day from both a reality and fantasy point of view was, of course, the the big uh, melee there at the end of the game between the Browns and Steelers, and basically every single person who's involved in sports is discussing that this uh, earlier this morning and even into this afternoon. There was some speculation that we wouldn't find out as to what the result would be as to if you in case you missed it, just a quick YouTube or a quick uh, visit to social media. And you can see the video of the end of the game where uh, Mason Rudolph's helmet was taken off his head by a player on the Cleveland Browns named Miles Garrett, who smashed him in the head with it. And then they went to the ground and then one of the offensive linemen, the center for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Marquise Pouncey. Uh, kicked uh, Miles Garrett in the head, in the helmet. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we saw last night. I'm going to talk more about that in the exit velocity part of the show, which we now call our two-minute drill. But the suspensions have been handed down, and Miles Garrett is suspended for the remainder of the season, including the postseason, which is kind of funny considering that Cleveland is very much on the outside looking in on that one. And uh, Marquise Pouncey, who essentially was defending his quarterback – most at least most opinions uh, earlier today that were formed were saying that he probably would get fined and maybe uh, get a game suspension, uh, but he got a three-game suspension. That's a big one for the Steelers too. And uh, and OG, the other uh, player involved, got a one-game suspension. By the way, both teams were fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So. Uh, unpacking this uh, information, did the, the punishment fit the crime on this? And I give a resounding yes. This is the worst possible thing that the NFL could ask for. 
And remember, there are suspensions, there are fines when players do things that aren't on the field. I think the key for me is this one happened on the field. You could see this. You could feel it. You could touch it. You saw it. It's going to live forever on the Internet. And there's basically uh, nothing worse for the NFL than to see this. Obviously, having video of domestic violence or something of that nature uh, is, is way above any of these things for sure. But now with the NFL having to look at this video for the rest of their lives and basically say we'll be held accountable for what kind of punishment we have, it did not come as a surprise to me. So my guess is is that Garrett, who is one of the best defensive players on the Browns, probably a top, what, 15, 20 player in the NFL, um, is, is going to have to you know kind of beg his way, I'm guessing, back to the league next year. But uh, there'll be an appeals process, of course, and and we'll see what ends up happening for them. I, I don't even even though they've won the last couple of games from an on field standpoint. To me, I don't know that this is going to make a huge difference for Cleveland. Uh, the people will fight with me and say, "Oh, it will," and and that'll really hurt their defense. Yeah, probably, but their offense was really more of the problem. Their defense has played relatively well. Cleveland's Cleveland's probably an eight and eight, seven and nine team. Now for Pittsburgh who already is going to be missing Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner, and their quarterback is not playing well, and their offensive line wasn't really blocking. Pouncey is a pretty big part of what they do, and and the Steelers' playoff hopes are already on thin ice. They've had a nice rally over the last couple of weeks as their defense has played really well, but I simply just don't see any scenario at this point with all of the injuries piling up and now with the suspension. Uh, Pittsburgh, I thought, could have challenged maybe the Colts for that last playoff spot or even challenged the Chiefs and the Raiders. A lot of teams are involved, but this with Pittsburgh's schedule coming up, and which is a pretty easy one, I think that this is a pretty significant blow to uh, their offense. Imagine that if I would have told you two weeks ago that down the stretch, the, the, uh, the Steelers would not have Juju Smith-Schuster, they would not have James Conner, they would not have Pouncey, and then even you can go back as early as the beginning of the season, they would not have their quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. You probably would have thought this is a 4-12 and team. They've done a much better job than anybody could have expected, but I don't know how they overcome this. This And, and Deontay Johnson, I should mention, all the way, uh, you know, also who's been a nice part of that offense. So a uh, tough go of it for sure for Pittsburgh. I, don't, I mean, that's probably my only disagreement here. I don't know what you expect a player to do when he sees his quarterback having a helmet thrown at him. I guess kicking is going over the uh, edge. But in an appeals process, if I was the commissioner, I of course, Garrett deserves to be suspended for the year. I probably would say to Pouncey, like, let's re- at least reduce the games from three to two. I-, I think three is a little bit harsh for a guy that was defending his teammate. But uh, the optics of that are horrible. You can't have guys kicking other guys in the head. I think that's uh, clear, too. So there you go. That's the uh, top story of the day. And-, and we had it live for you right here on Fantasy Sports Today. First time, I think, all year that we've had one of the bigger stories happened while we were on the air. So there you go. There you go. There you go. There it was. It took uh, 12 weeks of the football season, but but there it is. Our first time having a big story uh, live here at noon uh, Eastern on the show. And, uh, and now we go back to uh, our normal scheduled programming. Uh, coming up next, we got Fantasy Sports today's opening drive. I'll touch on football, touch on some baseball as well. We got Trust or Bust coming up a little bit later in the show. Sean will throw some names out at me. We got college football discussion. And, of course, Jamie Eisenberg, always on Fridays, joins us here on the show. So we're off and running here on a Friday. Your thoughts on the suspension? Did the punishment meet the crime? 
Tell me, 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. Follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Our first time out is here. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Fantasy Sports Today presents... First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. Of the opening play and all the way for a touchdown. All right, welcome back. It's the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. And here on the show, we got a lot to get to, but let's recap again. For those of you who are joining us live, those of you listening on demand, I apologize, but let's uh, let's keep you updated here. For those people who don't have time to listen to an hour show or two hour show, I get you a uh, year long suspension, rest of the year suspension for Browns defensive end Miles Garrett, two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine for the Browns. Most importantly, the Steelers get fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and. Marquise Pouncey's going to miss three games on top of all the other injuries that they have. This was a really, really tough one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think even more than the Browns, honestly. I would think that Pittsburgh still has a shot to make the playoffs. And, boy, this is this is, uh, is going to hurt them. I'm curious to see that injury report next week. Okay, so that is the top story. Now, as far as the first down story here, I've got the MVPs of the American League and the National League voted yesterday. And I've got uh, Mike Trout winning the American League MVP. Congratulations to him. Yet another one. And because of who he is and just being the kind of player that he is, he's going to go down as one of the greatest players of all time. It's a, not a lot of fanfare. It's just the reality of who he is. He's not a, uh, a big me guy, promotional type guy of himself. There are a lot of other players in baseball that if we're walking down the street, you'd know who they were and not Trout, and that's just part of who he is. It's part of his game, but you cannot take away how good this guy is. He's amazing. And from a fantasy perspective, probably going into the season again as the number one overall fantasy pick. He's having the longest run as the first overall pick in fantasy in my history of playing this game. I mean, really, I mean, A-Rod probably had... Two or three years of being the top overall pick. Trout is breaking this, and and we've just never seen a player like this in a very, very long time. He is, he's boringly good, which is a shocking statement to make, but that's just kind of how it is. It's strange, and I don't think that he's going to change anytime soon. He likes being who he is, likes his privacy, and 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 is not going to be doing every commercial on television or radio. He's just not interested. And as far as the NL MVP is concerned, congratulations to Cody Bellinger, who was the clear winner in the NL as well, beat out Christian Yelich. And probably if Yelich would have been healthy in the final month of the season, this would have been closer. But Cody Bellinger, after a great rookie season two years ago, had what some people would call the sophomore slump last year and came back this past year with a vengeance. No doubt Ronald Acuna also had a fantastic year. Kevin Pillar 
was 10th on this. Don't really understand that one. That was the one bizarre one, I think, of the day that I saw. Kevin Pillar for the MVP of the NL. In the top 10, by the way, for the MVP of the NL. Kind of bizarre. Uh, but Cody Bellinger, yes, he is the NL winner. Mike Trout is the AL winner. I did think that maybe Alex Bregman was the American League winner. And I was wrong about the AL Cy Young, too. I thought Cole would win that one, too. But uh, and, and by the way, they vote on this before the postseason. So any of this Astros bias that you would throw in there with the executive being let go and then the stealing of the signs and the, the banging of the, the, the garbage can, and the, all that's out. Like That has nothing to do with this. this the, these votes came in before all of that. So you can't really look at that as anything. Uh, second down, let's talk about Carmelo Anthony in the NBA. Uh, not a huge surprise, I think, for some people. This guy just doesn't know how to quit. And, and I'll tell you another thing about uh, Melo, and I'll tell you another thing about players in general. Some players in sports, no matter how much money they've made and no matter how well they've done and whether they're headed for the Hall of Fame or not, they don't know how to quit. They just don't know how to stop. I used to look at this differently probably maybe 8 to 10 years ago. But now that I've talked to athletes and now that I have a better understanding for it, I'm not begrudging these guys for continuing for continuing to come back. Because they are on this celebrity high and this mental high for so long that this train, when it stops, it just comes to an end and they really don't know what or what to do with themselves. And, and look, does Carmelo Anthony need to play a single game ever again in the NBA? He is set for his life. It is not even close. Hundreds of millions of dollars this guy has made in playing in endorsements. But there are players around the league that just they, they just want to keep going as long as they can. And, and who am I to say that they shouldn't? I used to look at this differently. As an example, when Emmett Smith left uh, Dallas and he went to play with Arizona, I oh my gosh, his legacy. Look how he's finishing his career. This guy is one of the greatest running backs of all time. And he's going out as a member of the Cardinals. And especially, I believe it was that second year as a member of the Cardinals. Like, what's the point? But you know what? Guys love the game. They love to play. And and I've talked to several players who have expressed to me that they're just going to play until they, they quote-unquote, tear the jersey off of them. That it doesn't happen as often now in sports as it used to because of the amount of money that is out there for these guys. They can uh, retire and be fine. But especially like in the NBA and in Major League Baseball, where the injury factor is not significant, you see a lot more Carmelo Anthony situations than you do Calvin Johnson situations. It's just true. And so who am I to begrudge uh, Carmelo for that? He'll probably go with the Blazers. He'll probably make the playoffs. He'll probably make another million. And you know what? If I could make an extra million dollars doing what I did in, in playing a game, I probably would take it as well. So that's what we have here for second down. I don't think it'll be a factor, of course, in the NBA. But, uh, you know, LeBron is still playing. So why not Carmelo? If Chris Bosh, look how hard Chris Bosh tried to still play, even with blood clots, right? He wanted to play and, and sacrifice his life. So Carmelo's back with Portland. All right, on third down, boy, what a smart move this was by uh, Jeff Berry, CAA's uh, agent. Uh, Jeff Berry basically told teams that if they wanted to sign Will Smith, the deadline was yesterday. Well, why was it yesterday? Because Will Smith was going to accept the qualifying offer. 
And that would mean that he would return to the San Francisco Giants. But instead of that happening, what happened was Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager of the Atlanta Braves, ended up signing Will Smith to a three-year, $39 million contract and beat the qualifying offer. Good job by him. He's now a member of the Braves. And I would say this. In terms of the free agents that are out there, and in terms of some of the bullpen arms that are out there, and as far as teams that are chasing the postseason, I think that this was somebody that the Braves really needed. Now, they're saying he's not going to be the closer, and maybe he'll be the seventh or eighth inning guy, but I I think good job all around. Good job by Will Smith. Good job by Jeff Berry. Good job by the Braves. And arguably the best reliever on the market is now gone, and that's the end of it. Uh, Finally... For fourth down, now, full transparency here, I don't have Instagram. I am on Twitter. I do not have Instagram. But according to, well, I just don't. But according to Instagram, people around the world are losing their likes. Instagram announced that they're expanding its month-long test to hide counts to the rest of the world, inching the company closer to rolling out a core change to the way that users engage the photo-sharing service. And those users who are part of the test will no longer see the total number of likes on their Instagram and their photos and their videos and their photo feed. They'll still be able to see how many likes on their own posts. But they're doing away, it looks like, with likes for whatever reason. So people who are getting judged by how good they are on Instagram with the likes, maybe this is something that Twitter will follow. I don't know the answer to that because Twitter, of course, has the retweets and the follows as well. But Instagram is is being proactive with this because what, is, what do likes really show anyway? It's just taking your finger and pressing something, right? All right, that'll do it for the opening drive here on this Friday. Coming up next, we'll dive back into a little fantasy football. We've got Trust or Bust coming up in about 15 minutes from now. And we're with you here until 2 o'clock Eastern. And then Dr. Roto takes over for a little full-time fantasy Uh, Also, all the injury updates we'll give you next, and one particular injury in fantasy that has me more intrigued than the rest. After watching that 15-second clip that was posted and watching David Johnson run the ball live, what in the world happened to Arizona Cardinals running back David Johnson? Kind of a sad tale and a sad finish if indeed the end of his season is near. We'll be back with that and a lot more here on Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you here on the show. We got you here until 2 o'clock on the East, and then I am uh, heading off for the weekend with a little Little League baseball, a little college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday, and we are inching closer to Thanksgiving. And you know what? You can get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, listeners of this show, 
can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Here's how it works. You create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. You make a deposit, and then you place your first bet. DraftKings going to match it up to 50% bonus with $500. This offer is eligible for all users. Plus, new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. Again, that's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Eligibility restrictions apply. You can see website for details. You also have to be 21 years or older to participate in this offer. And if you have a gambling problem, here is the phone number to call, 1-800-GAMBLER. So that is the information to get started this weekend. If you are in the New Jersey area, also if you are in Pennsylvania, I believe in West Virginia also, you can use uh, FanDuel. I think those are the three spots for now. We've got Colorado coming up, legalized gambling, uh, 2020, I believe. I read a story the other day, if I'm not mistaken, that, and this is how it's strange. I'm not sure how this is going to work, that even without legislation passing in California, the tribal casinos have decided that they are going to have sports gambling uh, in all of their locations in California. So that is a game changer as well, being able to do that uh, legally on their access, on their um, their property. And, of course, by the time we get to 2021, the estimation is about 40 states, 40 states will have legalized sports gambling. And then at that point, um, you know, we don't really – yeah, that's the guess. Is that for like I, I would say that Utah will never be legal, um, probably. Um, Florida maybe is one. There's only like five or six right now that look like a forget about it, you know. But they're saying that forty, yeah, forty is probably not next year. By next year, we're looking at probably twenty, and then a huge influx by 2021. But still, there'll be a handful of states. What about Florida? Florida? I don't think so. I think no? Florida's going to be amongst the ones, yeah. With Utah? I, I think I, – well, Utah's – yeah, Utah will never have it. But uh, Florida could go the same route as California where the Seminole tribe here in Florida could could potentially have it. And, and you know, they could do really whatever they want without uh, legalization throughout the state. There's There's a lot of different layers to this. I know Illinois is also next. Indiana has it legal now. I mean, it's – why a state wouldn't do it outside of Utah, I kind of understand why Utah is. It's a very religious state, and they do have different like lottery things, I believe. I, you know what? I think lottery is illegal in, in Utah also, actually, now that I come to think about it. But you'll always have these states that are extremely conservative with their thoughts on that. But when you look at the money that the state of New Jersey – now, look, getting the money to the right place, that's not my category. That's not – that that I can't speak to. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, last month may have been October that New Jersey made another 50 million or 60 million or something like that on sports betting. That's just huge, and the taxation of that can help schools and help people. Why wouldn't you do it? I mean, I I don't I don't know. It's it's a it's a person's choice to do whatever they want. I think with their money, and as long as there's no issues with that on the side, I'm I'm good with it. It brings it to the light. It's what we've been waiting for. I predicted many years ago that sports betting would be legal throughout the country. That is actually happening. And uh, we got to get New York legal, of course. That would be the next one. Then we can do this at Madison Square Garden and Yankee Stadium and places like that. But for now, and I don't know if this is true. You'd have to tell me, Sean. I mean, you make that trip over to the Meadowlands all the time. But I have heard that people who are using the app on both uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, what they'll do is they'll drive 
uh, into New Jersey just to place the bet in like just the borderline of where Correct. their IP yep. address crosses, well, and then they'll, they'll the drive train. back. Yep, yep. They'll take the train to Secaucus and sit there and bet and go back. Yep, that is insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, look at all the money uh, New York's losing to New Jersey too. I don't understand. And they're still not well, waking up to it. I don't, I don't know. I know New York, but I, I think New York is is one of those amongst the forty that they expect in twenty twenty one to be legal. Colorado passed it. So they're in. That's that's the next big one. I don't, why, why Colorado hadn't passed it to this degree? I don't. That's I true, no right? Marijuana. The, yeah. It barely passed, but it passed in Colorado last week, if I'm not mistaken. So you'll be moving up to New York in 2021 when it's legal. No, right? I'll still be here no? and struggling. Yeah. No, you're not going to do the show from Madison Square Garden. Hey, look for the right <laughs> amount of money. I'll do the show anywhere. <laughs> the money talks. You know what I'm saying? Do that show anywhere. All right, in the previous segment, we uh, there was one player that I wanted to talk about in fantasy. There were some interesting quotes, I believe, today from uh, Cliff Kingsbury, if I'm not mistaken, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, where it was like a borderline – I don't want to use throw him under the bus, but it was like a borderline thing for David Johnson, basically saying – how well David Johnson performs for the Cardinals is kind of up to him, something like that. I, I apologize if I didn't quote that correctly or if I misquoted. I was watching that game last week between Tampa Bay and Arizona because, of course, I know how much Sean likes Jameis Winston, and I wanted to stay on top of all of the Winston doings. David Johnson, I, look, I, I after watching Todd Gurley for a couple of games this year, I was pretty much convinced that that was it. Of course, I fought with my co-host Joe Pizapia about that for like six weeks until he finally relented. But I am not confident at all in David Johnson. And I like David Johnson a lot. When a player comes out and gets hurt and apologizes to his fantasy owners, it tells me that they have a little bit more awareness as to what is really going on and, and by the way, if they don't apologize or if they don't say I don't have a problem with that as well. What I don't like are the guys that say, oh, fantasy's no fun and I don't do this for fantasy. That's stupid. There's no reason for that. Like, you could just say nothing and not comment. But the guys like Juju, the guys like Keenan Allen, David Johnson, who, who after the games will say, hey, I'm sorry or whatever. Like, it's not even necessary and they do it. It, it endears me more to them. And that's why I like David Johnson, because he's always been about that. When he got hurt two years ago, I took him first overall, or I think it was first overall, or second overall in my fantasy league, and he was out for the year. It didn't make me feel better that I lost all my money for the league, but at the very least, I did feel a little bit of sympathy for him. And so I, so I still have that soft spot for him. But as I was watching the game live, and they put him in the game, and Kenyon Drake wasn't really doing much last week against Tampa. For whatever reason, Tampa's running game is great, and their and their pass defense is horrible. I don't. How, how does that even happen with a defense? It's so bizarre. But they put him in. He carried the ball. You could see the video on Twitter or on YouTube, I guess. And it looked like he was basically walking to the offensive line, and then somebody grabbed him and he fell down. It was sad. It, it looked like he did not belong on a football field. He looked like he belonged sitting with me here hosting the show. And then later on, he comes in the game. They throw a pass to him. He catches it. The defender just takes the ball right out of his hands. He comes out of the game. And then there is a close-up shot of Kingsbury talking to the offensive line, holding his mouth, which to me was, get him out of the game and I don't want to see him again. I think. That's what I think. And then all of a sudden, this week, he doesn't even pop up on the injury report. 
and he's healthy going into the game, and then we're going about our business, and then this quote comes down today. The reason why I'm spending so much time on David Johnson is because these are the kind of frustrating decisions that you have to make in fantasy that are never easy to make. It is very easy to look at a guy who's doing nothing all year, or better yet, a player that's been placed on injured reserve, like Carrion Johnson as an example. There's no decision to make. Are you frustrated that he's hurt? Of course. Would you rather have him? Of course. But there's no decision. You, you just don't play him. He's not playing. David Johnson is the guy that is suiting up and is healthy like Juju Smith-Schuster, like Stephon Diggs, like some of these other players who are just not performing, and yet you still have to put them in your lineup every week. There's nothing more annoying than that. And then coming out of the game with the zero. As an example, yesterday I was deciding whether or not to play Juju. And I, I will talk about this with Jamie a little bit later on in the show. I played him, and I paid the price. Now, you can't predict an injury, but look, I paid the price. I got my three points and nothing else in a league where either I win every game the rest of the season or I'm out. And that's frustrating. And I think that you have that same dilemma coming up this week with uh, with him as well. Not an easy one. I'll give you another example of a guy like that. Uh, A.J. Green for the Cincinnati Bengals. You're frustrated that you drafted him, but you're also happy the fact that you know right now he is not playing this week. You could probably cut A.J. Green, by the way, in fantasy leagues. There's just no reason to own him anymore. He's not going to play. He is not coming back to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Also, Alex Erickson could miss this week's game. He has been a nice player for Cincinnati, and Ryan Finley is just running out of options there. Also, this piece of news came down about 40 minutes ago. Matthew Stafford is not going to play this week against Dallas, and it's going to be Jeff Driscoll. I, to me, there are a few teams in the NFL this season that I have not had a beat on on a week-to-week basis. One of them is the Dallas Cowboys. I cannot figure out. I When I bet when I'm with them, they lose. When I'm against them, they win. Minnesota's like that too, uh, a team like that too for me. There's some stay-away teams for me that I don't feel like I have a good vibe what they're going to do on a week-to-week basis, and I think that right now I have to put Dallas in that category. Although I, I think that the play calling down the stretch in that game last week was flat-out bizarre. So that to me was... Uh, was interesting. Uh, also, we'll see uh, if Jordan Howard ends up playing this week. He has a stinger. He hasn't been cleared for contact. Darren Sproles is out. Jay Ajayi was brought back into Philadelphia. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'll f- I'll fire up Miles Sanders again this week. Would have been nice to know. I could have I played Sanders instead of Juju Smith-Schuster last night. That would have been a, a good move for me, putting him in my flex spot. But uh, Jordan Howard, someone that you're going to have to also pay attention to coming up uh, as we head toward the weekend. And you know what else we'll do is coming up in about two minutes from now, after we take a quick timeout, we'll bring in our producer, Sean Glastamacchia, who you can also watch this afternoon over on Sports Grid TV and Zumo TV, as he's got the At The Betting Windows show, which I'll always catch on my trusty Zumo TV app. And Sean will fire off some trust or bust questions for me. I'll tell you if you should be playing players in fantasy football coming up this week. Then it's the best of the first hour, and then we'll dive back into the college football landscape. And we'll take a quick timeout on FST, and I'll be back with a little trust or bust right after this. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. All right, welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you here as we are closing out our week of fantasy shows. Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports comes up in about 30 minutes from now. Stay tuned to that. Also, Phil Steele was on the morning after. I love college football. I'm listening to Phil, so he'll be on. I'll also have a full college football preview of all the top 25 games at the top of the hour. So that's 1 o'clock Eastern. Also, don't forget, download, listen to our show either live or on demand on the various audio apps that we have available to you, including the FNTSY app. Uh, the TV side on Zumo TV, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. You can listen to us all the time. And please, if you wouldn't mind, like and subscribe to the show. I know a lot more of you are doing that. I'm getting those notifications. And so I want to keep saying it and uh, keep appreciating it. By the way, before we uh, finish off this uh, hour and do a little trust or best, uh, congratulations to Fantasy BFF's host, Greg Sussman, got married. He took the plunge over the weekend. Congratulations to Greg Mazeltov and all those good things that they say, and uh, and and a, a little susmania I have a feeling will be coming out soon. And uh, and I hope his wife was a big Jonathan Singleton fan from the Houston Astros. Never forget that conversation uh, susmania and I had many years ago. All right, turn it over to uh, Sean Guasamaki, our producer. You can see him uh, four o'clock Eastern on the at the betting window. The Gardner Minshew of uh, Sports Grid. John Singleton, man. Come on. You love that. (laughs) I did love John Singleton. (laughs) (laughs) The power is real. (laughs) Never forget that. (laughs) Never forget that as long as I live. Oh, man. Good times we had back then. We did, my man. We did. That was like so long ago. I know. Eight years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, but look, you know, baseball's coming again. I'll be looking for those Susmania gems. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> will, we make, will we make it to that point? That's yeah, the right. Question that we have still have four months to go. So, but uh, congratulations yep. to you. I'm so happy for you and your wife. And uh, and listen, marriage is a great thing, beautiful thing. The parents now start asking about the kids. You just got to limit those conversations, and then you know you move forward, and that's the way it gets done. Uh, since I got engaged, I've been being asked about kids, so we'll just there keep you, on there, pushing. There, there you go. Keep on going. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, I've been married uh, 15 years. Nice. So, um, yeah, we're celebrating our 15th anniversary actually in February. We're going to see Martin Short and Steve Martin do a show. That's, that's awesome. Uh, that's Very cool. So, yeah, so not quite uh, not quite the uh, full honeymoon, but there it is. So congratulations again. How many times can I say it? I don't know. It looked <laughs> like fun, man. though, on your on the video. Yeah, it was great. On the pictures it, of the video. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, you'll never have it again. So congrats. Thanks. All right, uh, Sean, what do we got? Trust or bust today? What are we doing here today, Sean? Minshew. Right. Minshew. You're the Minshew yeah. of sports grid. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore. You no. def- uh, what I, happened? Well, I shaved, but then uh, actually oh, I got lazy. I, it's back. I got like a good I thought, That's what I thought. I saw, that I saw you yeah. a couple days ago with, the, with yeah, it. Yeah, I know. 
I get lazy. Um, I'm not, I don't mean in terms of talent, by the way. Don't take it the wrong. Don't take that. Hey, no, no. Mitch is doing very well. We no, I'm fine he, with that. He was doing very well. He's benched now. So. Well, because Nick Foles is making a lot of money, and you got to see what you have there. But no, Minshew played place. so bad in London. It's one game. Hey, did, you, did, did you know? That, did you know this? That the last six teams to play in London, uh, after they've come come back from the bye, are zero and six straight up and against the Ooh. spread. No, I did not. I like that. I'm using that this week. Zero and six. Okay. All right. So then, where are we going? All right. So Jacksonville is playing. I'm looking that up now. So that means Jaguars and Texans, I guess, lose. So yeah, that could happen. Texans are playing the Ravens. Okay, so that's very, very possible. Right. And, and the Jags playing Colts Indy? without uh, Brissett. Is Brissett back? No, I think he's playing. All right. So then, that's possible. It's likely. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I mean, right. I'm not a big favorites guy. NFL is all about the dogs, but but either way, I'm just I'm stating the facts. Zero and six straight up and against the spread. How about those Dolphins? Speaking of dogs, man. They, Every week, Dolphins, Dolphins yeah. are the best record in the NFL in the first half against the spread. Isn't that great? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, let's start with uh, Darren Fells, tight end. Texans. Darren Fells. Yes. Somebody laughed at me when I mentioned Darren Fells. Somebody I, here. I've, at, I've, uh, I've been that. reading a lot about him this it. week. So trust the boss against the Ravens. Oh, Darren Fells. Uh, look, it looks like well, is Fuller in or out for this week? Has that been determined? Uh, that's do a not big, know. That's a big part. That's a big part of that. Okay, uh, that's my job as the host to know that, not yours. Uh, I'm going to say you can trust Darren Fells. Uh, I would guess that he could give you 10 fantasy points this week. Honestly, Sean, what kind of tight end options are there uh, at this stage of the few. game? Yeah, oh, I'll, and, I'll get to one it, next. Yeah, and for people who lost Hooper. You're, you're, you're down to almost nothing. There's like three really good options. Kittle's not playing, right? So, yeah, I, I think you got to trust Darren Fells. I, I wouldn't say he's a top five guy, but he's he's in the top 12. O.J. Howard. Trust? No. no. No? Even with no. the lack of depth one at ga- tight end? One game wonder for uh, O.J. Howard. He, uh, he was also targeted a third time for a touchdown. I don't know if you caught that last week also by Winston, and he caught the ball and it was knocked out of his hands. Uh, I just don't think that the tight end is a big part of what Tampa Bay wants to do. The other part of what I saw last week, and, and this is going to be interesting because the amount of times that uh, Winston dumped the ball off to Ronald Jones, uh-huh. if I, I would think that you see film on that and you make that adjustment. And that would mean that they would have to at least incorporate more of that over-the-middle stuff with, with Cameron Bray and Howard. But all those things being said, I'm going to say I don't have a high level of trust for uh, O.J. Howard. I just don't. don't. One game. Every, every week, he, yeah, we talk One about game it. out yeah, of yeah. ten. I know. I know. It's been bad. Can't was, do it. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Bills. Devin Singletary. Every week we talk about this guy. He's going home. Yeah. He's going home. He's going to play in front of his home uh, home family. And friends uh, against the Dolphins. And so is this Frank week. Gore, and that's the problem. Yep. <laughs> and so is Frank Gore. He's yeah, this is this is the same story uh, for me since the beginning of the year. Look, there's no doubt at this point, Singletary is the better running back. He's also receiving more snaps. He's receiving more targets out of the backfield as well. But getting near the goal line, Frank Gore is still going to be the guy that's not going to change it. By the way, I, I would be wrong by saying that. It hasn't even been Frank Gore. It's been Josh Allen who's been running the ball in, in at the goal line. So you're almost getting no touchdowns from Singletary. At the end of the season, he could have two, maybe three tops. Buffalo is still very much in the mix for the playoffs. This is a must-win game for them this week, by the way. Wow, like they have not looked good. 
And and honestly, I, I don't know, Sean, about you, but that play that Mayfield tossed the ball to Chubb yes. and it landed in the Bills guy. I mean, I thought that was a touchdown for Buffalo. I don't I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess they said it was a forward pass. It, it looked like a run to me. And Buffalo wins that game if that's the case. Oh, going away. Going away easily. Yeah. You're right. Um, uh, I, I don't trust Singletary. If I had to guess, I would say uh, 12 carries, 50 yards, two catches, 17 yards. It's not good enough. That is not good enough in fantasy. And Gore and Gore in the goal line is gonna is gonna get those carries. All right, so, let's stick with no, the bust. Okay, stick with the Bills. John Brown, receiver. John Brown's a major trust for me. I've been targeting him at every fantasy league that I'm heading toward the playoffs. I want to grab this guy. He's been as consistent a wide receiver three slash flex as anybody in the league. I was stunned to take a look and see that he has got 10 or more points in every single fantasy game that he's played in this year. That is outstanding. And he's having a, he's go, he's turned the clock back to a couple of years ago when he was with uh, Arizona. I think, yes, Arizona. Uh, John Brown's a good wide receiver. He is not great, but he's giving you 10 points to the point that I picked up Cole Beasley in that same league because you know exactly what you're getting. The floor is there. It's four catches. 50 yards, five catches, 60 yards, probably not getting a touchdown. But would you believe at the end of the season, John Brown is going to have 1,200 receiving yards, 70 catches, and three or four touchdowns. That's a wide receiver three in every format in fantasy. He is really good, and I'm trusting him again this week. Nice. All right, uh, Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. Let's go to the receiver position. Uh, Curtis Samuel, trust or bust this week? Hmm. Curtis Samuel has is, is been catching touchdowns, but he's not getting a ton of volume. Moore is the one that seems to be getting a lot of the volume there. It is a pretty good matchup for Carolina. It's a very high Vegas total at 50. So even if it goes under, you're still probably looking at, I would say, five touchdowns being scored in that game. I'm going to have to trust Curtis Samuel this week if he doesn't get the touchdowns to probably even still get the yards. I think Atlanta is going to start to play better. But I don't think that they have enough to compete in every game. And so I would guess Carolina wins this game, but not by six, maybe by three, maybe by four. And Samuel, I would probably project to have four catches for 75 yards, which is a starting wide receiver in fantasy football, albeit a wide receiver three. But I will say trust from that perspective. All right. I'm, I'm thinking you're going to trust this guy, but I want to see how high you are on him this week. Brian Hill, Falcons running back. Well, look, two weeks ago, this is this is probably the one guy that if that if you want to look back and say who told you about Brian Hill in the world of fantasy football, I would be the only one. There was not one person in in all of fantasy except for me saying this. And it, and look, I am the least person that jumps on and, and touts my picks. I don't do that. You guys have been listening to me long enough and you know me in this industry for for 20 years. That's not who I am. I don't do it. Uh, but I'll do it for Brian Hill. Two weeks ago here on the show, uh, last week with Jamie on Friday, I said, Jamie, I'm picking up Brian Hill in every fantasy league. I think this guy's going to be better than Freeman. He's got some burst. And, uh, and and there we go. We got the injury to Devonta Freeman. But you should have picked him up anyway because Atlanta likes to use two running backs. Uh, I did not know this, and Jamie presented this stat, which you'll hear a little bit later in the show, that the Panthers have given up 13 rushing touchdowns the last five weeks. That is staggering. So there's no doubt that Brian Hill gets my gets my endorsement there. The only thing that I will say is is he got 21 carries last week, and they were up very big in that game. And I think that's the reason why he got 21 carries. I'm going. I'm going to scale back the carries on Hill. 15 carries, 
85 yards, three catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown between 50 and 20 fantasy points for Hill, who has the potential to be a league winner in fantasy at week 10 of the fantasy season. I don't care what Freeman does. Hill is going to be a big part of the offense, and he can catch the ball. He's got some burst. This is why I like them. I watched them play two weeks ago uh, against Seattle and thought to myself, why is this guy playing more? Uh, hopefully you guys took my advice on that one. Adrian Peterson against the Jets. Uh-oh, police are here again. I hear the police again in the background. Every time yes, we mention Adrian Peterson's name, that we hear the police sirens on the show. Good ears. Like you have good ears. I feel like this is an every week occurrence on uh, on Sports Grid. Uh, is what what is the deal with Geis? Uh, Joe mentioned on the show yesterday. Should play. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's no way. There's no way I would trust Adrian Peterson. I got to tell you. One of my favorite picks of the week this week is the Jets, uh, plus the point and a half. I'll be so wrong, and then Washington's going to win. I'm going to feel like an idiot. But talent-wise, there's so much more talent on the side of the Jets than there is on the Redskins. There's more talent at quarterback. There's more talent on defense. There's more talent at wide receiver. There's more talent at running back. What am I missing? Does Washington have a better kicker than the Jets? I don't even know. Not likely, no. The Jets should. Why are the Redskins favored at all in this game? They shouldn't be favored. The Jets should be favored. This line's going to flip by the time Sunday comes. In fact, I didn't even look at an updated line. I looked uh, last night, but I, I, I am, I am definitely going to say no on the side of Adrian Peterson. I'm going to go this week with Peterson. Uh, 14 carries, 46 yards, nothing else. Bust in fantasy. The line right now is the Jets plus two and a half. Plus two and a half? Yes, plus two and Hold a half on a second. right now. Wow, yes. I'm totally That's on FanDuel there. Sportsbook. Wow. Is that right? Yeah, that's... I'm definitely uh, taking I'm that. I'm taking that as well. <laughs> that's a great, great, great job by you. Um, I no, it's not week. a great job because I said one and it's two and a half. I'm, I'm pulling better. out my app. I don't, I don't even believe now. you there. No, it's better now. It's a better play. Uh, yeah, two and, and, and a half. And not only that, but they're not even, you know, some of these, these, uh, these online sites... They know where you're at, and they ping your IP address, and then they make it harder. You're right. It is two and a half. Holy cow. Well, I don't know. Maybe I guess the Redskins blow them out then. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. All right. Coming up next, best of the first hour, hour two. I'll run through every spread in the top 25 in college football. Phil Steele from the, was on the morning after. We'll have that as well. And then Jamie and I dive into the ramifications from last night's Browns, uh, Browns game against the Steelers. And then we'll talk about this week in fantasy football, including some of the best matchups. We'll take a quick timeout on FST and be back right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. This is the worst possible thing that the NFL could ask for. And remember, there are suspensions, there are fines when players do things that aren't on the field. I think the key for me is this one happened on the field. You could see this. You could feel it. You could touch it. You saw it. It's going to live forever on the Internet. 
And there's basically uh, nothing worse for the NFL than to see this. Obviously, having video of domestic violence or something of that nature uh, is, is way above any of these things for sure. But now with the NFL having to look at this video for the rest of their lives and basically say we'll be held accountable for what kind of punishment we have, it did not come as a surprise to me. So my guess is is that Garrett, who is one of the best defensive players on the Browns, probably a top, what, 15, 20 player in the NFL, um, is, is going to have to you know kind of beg his way, I'm guessing, back to the league next year. But uh, there'll be an appeals process, of course, and, and we'll see what ends up happening for them. I, I don't even even though they've won the last couple of games from an on field standpoint, to me, I don't know that this is going to make a huge difference for Cleveland. Uh, the people will fight with me and say, oh, it will. And and that'll really hurt their defense. Yeah, probably. But their offense was really more of the problem. Their defense has played relatively well. Cleveland's, Cleveland's probably an eight and eight, seven and nine team. Now for Pittsburgh who already is going to be missing Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner, and their quarterback is not playing well, and their offensive line wasn't really blocking. Pouncey is a pretty big part of what they do, and and the Steelers' playoff hopes are already on thin ice. They've had a nice rally over the last couple of weeks as their defense has played really well, but I simply just don't see any scenario at this point with all of the injuries piling up and now with the suspension. Uh, Pittsburgh, I thought, could have challenged maybe the Colts for that last playoff spot or even challenged the Chiefs and the Raiders. A lot of teams are involved, but this with Pittsburgh's schedule coming up, and which is a pretty easy one, I think that this is a pretty significant blow to uh, their offense. Imagine that if I would have told you two weeks ago that down the stretch, the, the, uh, the Steelers would not have Juju Smith-Schuster, they would not have James Conner, they would not have Pouncey, and then even you can go back as early as the beginning of the season, they would not have their quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. You probably would have thought this is a 4-12 and team. They've done a much better job than anybody could have expected, but I don't know how they overcome this. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today, hour number two. 